Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio, I'm Mallory Samara and from at Pittman, and this is Bay Current from Monday, August 15th. Oakland's Lake Merritt is known to many as the heart of the city, especially for people who are from the town. And during the pandemic, it became a place of refuge from the monotony of the inside of our homes to enjoy one of the best things about Oakland, the weather. And for years, it's been an epicenter for protests, drum circles, exercise, free concerts, the meetup spot to kick it on the grass, under the sun or trees, as the smell of food from camped out vendors waft through the air. I've seen jugglers and rollerbladers, and of course, it's the site of the beloved children's fairyland. I remember on November 7, 2020, when President Biden's election results finally came through, people danced to live drums and hyphy music into the night. But plans to add even more parking meters, to charge for parking on Sundays, and to implement a new system that records people's license plates to check for that paid parking is being met with resistance and a lot of questions. I talked to some folks down at Lake Merritt, some residents and one vendor, to get their thoughts on the matter. Um, Often on the weekend, people will start going into the neighborhoods away from the lake looking for parking, and people often zoom by our place pretty quickly. Um, So I think instead of maybe solving the problem, it's just pushing it farther out back into the neighborhood. Well, I'm sure the city of Oakland would love the fees, but I don't know where that money's going. So I don't know where they're going to where those fees are going to go. So will it help us in the end? I don't know. Because when they do those type of things, they don't like put the money back into something that would help, you know, people that need help. No, it's like, where does the money even go to when they do those sort of things? You know, so I actually live in the area and I just live like a couple of blocks up. And like the part, the apartments in the area, they charge the renters basically for the parking like garages and spaces so I have to park on the street because of that um, they charge like 300 plus dollars just for a parking garage monthly on top of the high rent over here so I I generally just don't think that's good for the community overall I think um, the lake is is and always kind of has been a place for people to gather um, you know, especially here in the central part of Oakland. So parking should be should still be free on Sundays. You know, I understand the city does need, you know, things paid for, but there are other ways we have to be creative with how we use our resources in the city. And instead of, you know, t- making the people who are, you know, just trying to survive or just trying to come out and enjoy the spaces, you know, like making them pay for it, where some other ways, maybe there's corporations 
who are coming into the city who can, you know, pay an extra tax or maybe there's a, a, a small, you know, local business tax we can have. Um, there's other ways I feel like we can be creative to find ways besides just taxing people for parking to come in the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm Ian Peters, uh, a.k.a. Naya, and um, the fooditarian roti shop and spice cell cooking food truck. Due to the cost of living and, the, you know, the, the prices of everything, inflation in the city, I mean, that's the last thing they should really consider, charging people to park for a beautiful recreation area like this. We look around the city, we see lots of homelessness and things. You know, consideration and focus should be in other areas. The, the system is actually trying to suck the blood of the sufferers, in my opinion. It's a gentrification culture. And those very gentrification worries, the reality of black and brown families being priced out of Oakland, have only gotten worse since the infamous Barbecue Becky incident of 2018. You know the one. It's just further solidified the importance of holding Lake Merritt as an inclusive and safe space for people born and raised in the town. To get some clarity on all of these issues, I went to Oakland City Hall to chat with Joe DeVries, Deputy City Administrator. Lake Merritt has always been the jewel of Oakland, and anywhere I've ever lived in Oakland, I've always gone to the lake, just like most of us. And so uh, it's natural during the pandemic that, you know, you have to be outside. People wanted to gather, so they gathered at the lake, and it really hasn't slowed down. Uh, so really, we have a, a crowd management issue. We wanted to guarantee equitable access to the lake, Merritt, uh, to the lake during the pandemic. And we realized that to do so, we had to pull together a team of multiple departments. So we created a Lake Merritt working group, and it included the Parks Department, the Transportation Department, the Police Department, the Fire Department, really economic workforce development. Even our D Director of Race and Equity helped us and, and provided me some guidance in terms of what we were doing, because we recognized that not only is the lake really loved by so many people, and is, we have a crowd management problem, there's also deep history of racial inequity concerns at the lake. You know, there's the famous Barbecue Becky incident. Uh, prior to that, in the 1990s, we had um, anti-cruising ordinances that, you know, really targeted men of color that were driving on Lakeshore uh, and that, you know, suffered disproportionate arrests. And so there's a history there um, that we had to be really sensitive to. Uh, and then a, a new part of the history were vendors at the lake, you know, entrepreneurs, people who were struggling, they had no money, they were looking to make money, and it seemed like a great place to find a crowd to sell your t-shirts to. And so the parking management plan that the council adopted is really one part of a whole set of things that we've done to try to make the lake accessible and, and preserve, also preserve the infrastructure, and also acknowledge that it's a, it's the the nation's first bird sanctuary. And so the nation's first bird yes, sanctuary? the nation's wow. first bird sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, I know people don't know that history, and yeah. so. You know, there's an environmental concern. There's a concern about the infrastructure. We've invested millions in the infrastructure around the lake. And if you've been in Oakland a long time, like I have, it didn't look so great in certain parts until Measure DD passed, and we were able to, to really build things out nicely. And so in managing those crowds during the pandemic, when we were supposed to be sheltering in place, 
we talked to DOT, we talked to OPD, and they shut lanes of traffic down. You know, they just said, look, we got to shut down Lakeshore. Uh, that's the only way we can really maintain some order. And when we didn't do that, we saw some weekends where there were uh, complete blockage of the street, all lanes blocked with, with double and triple parking, sideshow activity, um, emergency vehicles unable to get through. So the different measures that we implemented over the last couple of summers were tests. You know, one of them was to have a vendor market, to try to take the vendors, give them a legal place and a safe place to vend instead of being spread out on Lakeshore. And then it, it had regulations. That's been successful. So we're about to roll out a new vendor market, starting a legal one that's actually licensed starting this weekend on El Embarcadero that we've closed down to traffic so that on weekends, there's this extra space for them to vend. Uh, so that's, that's part of the program. Um, the parking management plan was really our, our Department of Transportation team members saying, look, the lake is not properly managed uh, because you've got inconsistent parking patterns. You have some areas where there's meters, some areas where you pay to get in at Ferryland, and that, that revenue helps the parks. Uh, and then you've got some areas where there's no meters, but it's three-hour parking technically. Well, People aren't always paying attention to that three hours, so sometimes they don't realize that it's it's restricted and they get a ticket. Especially if they're going to the movies and then they go get something to eat and then they right? walk the lake or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so it, so what the, the DOT folks said was if you meter the lake, the areas that aren't metered, and using the new technology around flex metering, so it's, it's pay by plate, so it's easy to do, you can do it with a phone app, um, but also um, we can flex the pricing based on demand. Uh, they said, look, if, if we meter the whole lake, all of the experts show that metered areas, you create flow. So people will come, they'll park, they'll pay the meter, they'll stay for a couple hours, they'll go, and then new people can come. And, and we heard from people that parking access was an issue. And so the, the parking management plan and putting in meters is really designed to, to create a better managed situation. There is the added benefit that it generates revenue. I mean, I'm not going to lie and pretend that it doesn't, uh, because the first question we got from a lot of people is, oh, are you just trying to make money? Um, and, and so the city council was very cognizant of that, as was our group. And so we surveyed people and we heard more and more like, you know, we we don't know that we don't want you to meter us. We don't want to pay for something that we was free before. But if we do, the money should go back to serving the, the community and serving the lake. And so the council earmarked the money. So whatever we raise in parking revenue, a portion of it will go to expanding our park steward program, which we just started. And park stewards are ambassadors. They're people that don't have an enforcement role, but they can be in the park. They can guide people. They can tell people about the rules. You can ask people to turn down their music and remind them that it's illegal. Um, but in a in a constructive way, not with an enforcement mind. So part of the money goes to that, part of the money goes to traffic and pedestrian safety improvements around the lake. So, so part of the money goes to literally putting in flashing crosswalks, and not just at the lake, but at other parks, you know, where there's traffic problems in our East Oakland neighborhoods where people are afraid to cross the street. We can use some of this revenue to put in traffic improvements to make it safer for pedestrians there. Uh, similarly, it puts money into park maintenance, not just at the lake, but citywide. I mean, we have beautiful parks, but it costs a lot to maintain them. Um, and then the last part goes to actually supporting the vendors, like, like being able to vend 
in a way that's legal, that's well-regulated. Uh, we're gonna provide some technical assistance to the vendors so that we can help them strengthen their businesses. Um, so with the, with the revenue identified to go to these areas that people care about, we feel better as a city saying, look, yes, we are gonna charge you for parking, and we, you know that the money's actually gonna go back to something important. And, and I'll say, it's not just lip service. The council wrote it into the resolution, so it's, it's, it's law. It's been codified that we will spend the money that way. And I think that was a, um, a bold move for the council. You know, normally when you do city budgets, you don't want to hamstring yourself like that. You want to have flexibility. Uh, but I think the council recognized that if we're going to do this, we need to make that commitment. Another one of the concerns was, you know, how are we keeping in mind lower income people who, you know, especially because the meters would also be on Sundays. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, and that's something that, I don't know, as a driver myself, someone who's trying to take public transit more, but I do drive a lot. Um, when I park somewhere on a Sunday, it is really nice to go, oh, thank God, I don't have to pay for parking. What would you have to say about that? I mean, like, how are we going to keep lower income folks in mind, especially because Oakland is you know, it's a hot spot. It's yeah. expensive to live in the Bay Area in general. And so people who are, who might be coming to park at the lake might be doing so because they can't afford to live around here anymore. Right. And so they're coming in to drive. So how are we keeping those people in mind too? Yeah, there's a couple things to think about. Uh, it, it, number one, we want to get people out of cars and into public transit as a, as a, as a, as a, part of our equitable climate action plan for the city. And I don't need to tell you that the polar ice caps are melting and we're all suffering you know, climate change. We all so, need AC now here in the Bay Area and we didn't have to like 20 years ago. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can leave my windows out and open at night and, and not freeze, which is, which is a new thing. So we want to promote more public transit to the lake. And in fact, the parking and the, the traffic problems were so bad that we had to shut down lake short times. We disrupted service to those who were taking public transit because the buses had to get diverted. So, you know, there, people think, well, if I'm low income, well, well, owning a car is really expensive. So we hope that, and we, we did set aside some of the funding that could go toward um, reduced bus passes on BRT, uh, reduced parking fees uh, for, for Oakland residents. Um, that part we haven't ironed out entirely, but the council did allocate money in the budget, uh, leftover transportation dollars to free BRT service for Oaklanders on weekends. So. If it's a weekend, you can come down to the lake for free if you take the BRT from East Oakland and you can get there in like 10 minutes. Um, also, you should know that there is parking just a little bit further away that's free on Sunday. So under the freeway at 580, that parking lot on Sundays is virtually empty and it's literally 150 yards from the foot of the lake. So, oh, that one is free? Yeah. I on, see that one all the time and there's like not a lot of cars in there. And I'm wondering if it's because it's under the freeway and people are like, what is that? You know? Yeah. It's packed on Saturdays because of the farmer's market. Uh, and it is metered on you know Monday through Saturday, but it won't be metered on Sundays. So you can always park there. Um, we're also asking, we're also looking at when the Kaiser Convention Center is, is rebuilt and opened, there'll be parking there. Um, I, I don't, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is the council asked us to look at alternative parking areas for people that we can promote. And so part of our outreach when we implement the parking meters is to say, look, there is free parking over there or over there so that people will will have that option. But we'd really like fewer people to, to drive to the lake or drive 
you know, if you're coming from out of town because you've been forced out of Oakland because you, you know, because you know you're from here but you can't live here anymore, and that's a that's a real thing. Um, you know, drive somewhere close by and hop on a scooter, or drive somewhere close by and you know hop on the BRT. But you know, come to the lake. But um, but but I actually think that, and, and we're going to be doing a lot of data analysis. That's the another important thing the council really directed us to, at the advice of the Parks and Recs Advisory Commission. They said, look, do the data analysis of the impact of your work and we've, we've agreed to. So we'll be looking at it every month, like who's coming to the lake and who's parking. Part of using this new pay by plate system is we can actually see the zip codes that people come from. So we can say, oh, most of the tickets, like we, we already know most of the tickets issued at the lake are to people who live by the lake. Um, it, it's overwhelmingly, which makes sense. You, you get a parking ticket where you live more often than not. Um, but we'll be able to monitor who's actually coming to the lake and paying for those meters you know, by zip code. So we can actually look at and do a data analysis of, of, of what impact we've had on access. We actually think access will go up. We actually think it'll be easier to come to the lake once the meters are installed. You know, it just it's a work in progress. We've had a lot of lessons learned uh, over the last couple of years. Helping the vendors and, and really trying to foster them has felt wonderful. For example, the first pilot summer with the vendors, we, they went from zero of them being licensed to 97% of them having their business license by the time we were done. And we were able to get donations to cover the cost of their business licenses. So those vendors got a step up and in. And now we're going to bring this technical support. We're releasing an RFP to have a business support group come and give those vendors support. And we're using that with revenue that the council authorized for us. And then once the meters are installed, there'll be ongoing revenue to continue with these enhancements. And so I think things will get, continue to get better at the lake and we'll have a dedicated funding source to, um, to maintain it. Special thanks to my fellow KCBS Radio pod producer, Sydney Fishman, for co-producing this episode. New episodes are out every day, and we'd love to be a part of your daily routine. Please subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or just about anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Mallory Samara from Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.